0: Just over 12,000 souls braved a cold butawdry to see the win against Hamilton on Saturday. We're post-match with Dennett McInnes for that one. Also this week, some signing news. We catch up with Stuart Milne and Dave Cormack following the AGM last night. But the rest of the week's Dons News on the AFC Donscast on the 17th of December. show from a snowy Inverness. It's Grey Mackay here. Let's start with the Hamilton match then and Sam Cosgrove was the saviour in the Dal encounter against Hamilton at a cold Betaudry on Saturday. Derek McInnes made three changes to the team that lost to Hibbs last weekend. Funzo Ojo returned to the starting lineup following his hamstring injury in September. Now McGinn also returned and marked his 300th appearance for the Dons and Ryan Hedges also made it into the starting 11 in place of John Gallagher. Greg Lee dropped to full-back which saw Andy Considine having to take a seat on the bench as well. Craig Bryson was out due to a sickness bag and Michael Devlin also wasn't in the squad. There wasn't much to get excited about and it took into the 25th minute to get our first chance with Cosgrove hitting the ball by the far post. That was quickly followed by Ryan Hedges sending a deflected shot into Southwood's hands. Hamilton went close in the 35th minute when Arden McGowan headed wide from a free kick. Now McGinn then shot at goal which was saved by Southwood and James Wilson couldn't put the ball into the net from the rebound. Just before the break, Greg Lee went off injured and was replaced by Andrew Constadine and in stoppage time, Shea Logan had a goal but was prevented by Southwood. A half-time change came in the form of Ojo going off as a precaution and John Gallagher coming on for him. It didn't take long into the half for Aberdeen to score our opener in the 53rd minute. Now McGinn crossed the ball to the back post for Sam Cosgrove to pick it up and side-footed into the net for his 19th goal of the season. The second half petered out after that. George Oakley had a chance in the 64th minute, but hit the ball over from 22 yards out. Ryan Hedges was replaced by Dean Campbell in the 72nd minute. The last real chance of the match came from James Wilson, but he fired it over in the 88th minute. It's a win, but a much more pre-Christmas test will come in the form of Celtic in Glasgow this weekend. Great for Nile to get an assist
1: in his 300th appearance for Aberdeen. Yeah, um, Niall has been a key performer for us over last period and whether he's uh, scoring goals or assisting goals he sometimes is the one that comes up with that um, that moment of quality in the game and again was a case in point, he was unlucky not to score in the first half and I thought his movement and his, um, some of his play was very good so um delighted for, for Niall, obviously it's, I've been in charge of a lot of players here in different squads over my time but Niall has been a constant really and um, and he's been a a constant, consistent performer as well Um, and every manager and every team needs that so um, it's good that he's on the back of a winning performance from such a significant game for him.
0: quite a bit of news to get through and starting off with the matches in the SPFL at the weekend Hamilton are now bottom off the table after St Johnston defeated Hearts 1-0 at Tyne Castle on Saturday spoiling Daniel Stendhal's first game in charge. Lee Irwin scored a last gas winner as Ross County edged out Kilmarnock 1-0 in Dingwall while St Mirren rallied from a 3-1 down to draw 3-all with Livingston in Paisley. Celtic remained two points clear in the title race after beating Hibbs 2-0 at Parkhead on Sunday afternoon. Jeremy Frimpong opened the scoring late in the first half and Oddsone Edwards sealed the win for Neil Lennon's team. In the early game, second-place Rangers saw off Motherwell 2-0 at Fir Park. Alfredo Morelos who was sent off after picking up a second yellow card. Aberdeen midfielder Dean Campbell has signed a new three-and-a-half-year extended contract until 2023. The 18-year-old has made 29 appearances for the club, scoring once. A product of the club's academy, Campbell became Aberdeen's youngest player in May 2017, coming on as a sub against Celtic aged 16 years and one month, having sat an English exam at school earlier in the day.
2: Many congratulations
3: the new deal. Thank you very much. Nice, nice early Christmas present for you, is it? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it, it wasn't something I was expecting, but um, when when I heard about the the offer um, to extend my deal at Aberdeen, I was I was happy to to agree to it. So yeah, it's it is Christmas come early.
2: What happens to these situations? Is it the manager takes you aside? Is it your agent? Or is it Stephen Gunn? Or
3: um, it was it was a mix of both. Um, the gaffer pulled me, uh, saying he'd, he'd like to uh, offer offer an extension for as a reward for my, my efforts um, this this part of the season. So it was a bit of that, and then obviously uh my agent gets involved as well and um, does does the behind the behind the closed doors work. So um, appreciate appreciative of that.
2: People don't just get new deals, Dean. You've had to work for it. I mean, not just this season. You must feel it's f- for all the hard work you've put in, even going back to your, your time with the youth academy as well.
3: Yeah, um, it's uh, ten years at Aberdeen now. Um, obviously, exactly. yeah, ten years. So when I was eight to now being eighteen, there's a lot, of, a lot of hard work going on. So whenever you get chances to be rewarded for, for your efforts, it's 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 really good. So um, it's been a long, hard journey, but and then I'm just hoping to kick on from from now.
2: Was it the biggest thing about getting the new deal, apart from the money? Is it just having that security, Dean? Is it or?
3: Uh, yeah, it's that. Um, obviously, to know that to know that I'm signed with Aberdeen for further two years is it's good for me. It's, it's a bit of security, as you said, and obviously I can just focus solely on the football and just work as hard as I can to cement that starting place in the team and play as regularly as I can. So that kind of just. Takes the pressure off, knowing when my deal's coming to the end. So,
2: she mum put your rent up yet? No?
3: Um, not yet. Um, I'm sure they'll probably try to speak speak to me about that, but I'm I'm not doing that anyway. <laughs>
2: Get your agent <laughs> <laughs> We've seen obviously a lot of a number of young guys head down south. Okay, I mean and obviously Ryan Fraser, who, who's doing very well down there. Uh, more recently Terry Taylor, who you know well, and Archie May as well. Why do you think staying at Aberdeen's the right move for you?
3: Um, it's just I, I love being at the club. Um, obviously, I've, I've supported them when I was young, when I was younger. So to come through the youth all this time and be the club's youngest ever player as well is factors that come into it. Um, I love being here, and obviously, just coming to Carmack Park now is has been a real change, and it's something I've loved doing every day. So just just the fact that. I've been doing quite well as well and I just want to continue being at this club and pushing on. Yeah. Of course, you're an Aberdeen fan, Dean, as well, aren't you? So.
2: Yeah. Um, does, that, does that have negatives as well? Because, like last Saturday we beat you, Sir Rose, you must feel it as, as much as anybody when you're sitting in the dressing room. Yeah. feel it as much as the supporter.
3: Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I want I want the club to win for myself and the fans because I've I've supported. I know what it's like to, to win and lose games. So um, I do feel maybe extra disappointed after the games but there's more highs and lows at this club so and um, when the highs come it's 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 a brilliant feeling so uh, yeah it's just been a uh, it's a long long few years at Aberdeen so uh, just kind of supporting them the whole time has made it extra special being at the in this moment.
2: You're still a very young player aren't you? And I think I think that's one of the problems when you make your debut at sixteen, <laughs> you know, when you're about for a couple of years, people forget you you know, you're still very, very young. Does that I Evan, does that put extra pressure on you you feel the last couple of years? When you when you make your debut so young?
3: Um, I, I won't say pressure. Obviously I think I feel there's pressure on every player to, to perform at a high, high standard because there's other players aren't playing that'll be able to come in and do a job as well. So there's pressure on keeping your place in the team but I think people do forget that I am only 18 still and I've got a lot of developing to do and I know that myself physically and in terms of technically in the game as well. So um, being young does give you that platform to go out and work harder. So I feel like because we're at Carmack Park now, there's plenty more opportunity for me to do more stuff in terms of developing my game, developing my strengths. So um, obviously being here longer now as well has got to help me with that type of stuff. What areas do you feel? You, does the manager sort to speak to you that you, you need to sort of work on? Yeah, um, we talk we talk all the time about um, the strengths and weaknesses of my game as well. I um, feel obviously w- it will develop with age as well, but my my stature and physique as well it will grow as I get older. But as I'm doing as much as I can to be able to compete with the, with the first team players in terms of that and then um, just defensively just recognising danger sensing danger and dealing with danger as well so just stuff like that because I feel like when I go on the pitch I'm, I'm able to to compete on the ball, um, I feel like I'm, I can get us playing, I can pass the ball I can do well in that sense, it's just knowing the right times to maybe be smart with my defensive work and take fouls here and um, make tackles here, so just stuff like that. You mentioned Cormac Park. Are you enjoying it? Tell, tell us about a typical day. What's a typical day like for the camp at the Park? Um, oh, for me, it's, it's kind of different. Um, I come in maybe slightly earlier than a few of the boys. I just okay. do a bit of a bit of a warm up in the gym, just a little bit in the gym before before training. Come in about I'm in, normally in for nine o'clock. Um, I'm in the gym for half an hour and then breakfast. We're live cooking. Um, obviously the chefs are are making you what you want for breakfast. So you
2: get a choice
3: maybe. Sometimes yeah Sometimes they, they do the the live the live cooking. So mm. that's good. And then we normally have prehab with the sports scientists and physios who give you kind of stuff before training. And then we're out for training around half ten, quarter to eleven. Train for depending on the day an hour, an hour and a half. Um, maybe longer and then lunch and then um, sometimes some players are free to go home after that but most of the days we've, we've got gym sessions after lunch as well so and then it's just down to you as well it depends how long you want to stay it's open open all day so if you want to stay as long as you want and do extra because some days I've been out practicing free kicks and um, been out practicing some of the, like, the defensive work I was talking about earlier. So it's, it's so much better in terms of that. Um, obviously, it'll help all the young players as well, as they've got the opportunity to go out and work as much as they want on their game. You made a, an interesting
2: point to me when we were speaking before, about that when you were away with Scotland, you, say you almost noticed the guys that were away, had training camps or training pitches. You know, you said the guys down south, Celtic and Rangers players, they almost had a sort of confidence about them. You know, just because of the fact they're able to practise their skills every day. So I mean hopefully that's something that's gonna to happen to you as well.
3: Definitely. Um I think I think that them type of players take it for granted, obviously, because they've they've had everything they've wanted coming through the youth academy. But obviously for me, I've trained in many different places down the years. Um, obviously I've I've never really had the chance to stay after training and work it's all in your own time. So you do see the players that have had that Accessibility their whole career, so hopefully now, as as our younger players and myself, see the opportunity to be that player that stays behind longer than everyone else and practices longer than everyone else, and hopefully that's that's the recipe will take you to the, the top level. Just be word in this season. How would you assess it for you for you personally? For me, um, it's. I'm, I'm relatively happy, um, I feel like I've, I've contributed well, I've, I've played a lot of minutes which which is good for myself, I've started games and I've came on in big games as well, obviously I, I've had good moments and I've had some poor moments as well which is all part of the learning process so um, the more I play the more I'll learn so I'm hoping just to, to knuckle down and play as much football for the rest of the season but so far I'd say it's been quite good.
2: That learning process. Sometimes having negative experiences, you, you learn more about yourself, don't you?
3: Definitely. I think I think you need you need to have negative experiences in some cases because you're you're not always got to say you win four nil in a game and you played really well. You're you're not really learning as much on your mistakes. So sometimes a defeat and a bad performance helps you because it motivates you to work harder and not be in that situation again. So um, yeah, you're right. It's it's just in terms of... Taking the bad ones on the chin and learning from it.
2: Your first couple of games, Dean. I mean, you're playing against Celtic, <laughs> beating them, and you know you're playing when beat Rangers. You must have thought
3: this is easy. Yeah, well, um, I did. I did. I started quite well against Celtic and Rangers. Um, obviously, with the 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 win that uh, got us second place a couple of seasons ago, and and obviously the the, the memorable one at Ibrox last year. I've been involved in them, but. Yeah, just any game I'm, I'm, I am I'm play in, I learn a lot from. So um, I just want to be part of them occasions as much as I can. And hopefully with that, that new deal, I can do that as much as I can for the next few years. Just
2: you'd mentioned your debut I've always wanted to ask you you sat your English
3: exam in the morning is that right yeah, yeah did you pass it I did pass it I passed it with a passed it with an A so did you? it was yeah probably the most memorable day I've had in my career and obviously it's just it was crazy because I knew I was in the squad but you in the knew, morning but you, knew, you knew you were in the squad right? yeah I knew I was I was in the squad I didn't know what I'd get on but obviously sitting through the exams a distraction but thankfully I managed to Make my debut and pass my an A, so all good.
2: <laughs> well, I have to say the, the communication skills are excellent. A <laughs> lot the young players I've dealt with over the years, you're certainly one of the best. Just finally, what's what's going to happen over the next couple of years at Aberdeen? Hopefully, a few trophies.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's that's always the goal at Aberdeen. Um, obviously, we know um, Celtic and Rangers are financially bigger than the club, but. We feel like on on any given day we can go toe to toe with them. So in the cup competitions is probably our priority, and we'll be we'll be looking to win some in the next few years. And for me personally, it's just like I've said, cementing that place in the team and improving as much as I can and getting better every day. So that's that's hopefully what's going to happen in the next couple of years. Dean, you're going to be a big part of the future of this club in the next couple of years. Thank you very much.
0: Dean Campbell speaking to Red TV. Stephen Gleeson has been told he can leave Aberdeen in the January transfer window. Gleeson has been a peripheral figure at Aberdeen since signing in 2018, just making 10 starts, and this season has only played one minute. That was in the 3-0 win against Motherwell in October. He underwent knee surgery during pre-season this summer and was ruled out of action for two months. Although Gleeson is back to full fitness, McInnes has opted to play others in midfield, including defenders Greg Lee and Zach Feiner. Aberdeen Reserves lost 2-1 to Rangers Reserves at the Hamill Training Centre at Ochenhowie yesterday after second-half goals from McCausland and Dixon saw the opposition come back from a goal down at the break. Aberdeen's goal came from Lloyd Robertson. The goal from Rangers Dixon came late into injury time in the 91st minute. After spending a quarter of a century on the board of Aberdeen, Stuart Milne stepped down after 21 years as club chairman last night at the club's AGM. Prior to leaving, Milne has called for one organisation to be established to oversee Scottish football with the right people at the helm. The multi-millionaire house-building tycoon who has been succeeded in Potaudry hot seat by major investor Dave Cormack, insisted Scottish football was facing its most testing time and that the current structure of having two bodies, the SFA and the SFPL, running the show did not work. He was adamant, however, that one pleasing aspect of the financial travails of Scottish clubs was that they were being forced more seriously to develop homegrown talent. Milne and clubs need to collaborate more in order to effect the changes required in the administration of the game in Scotland. He also underlined the need for a strong, able person to take charge of any new body. Meanwhile, incoming chairman Dave Cormack insists it's financially unfeasible to remain at Patodri, and moving to a new stadium would be cheaper, and he confirmed at the AGM last night that there will be a rights issue to help finance the stadium. Mulan received a standing ovation from the shareholders and was given a plaque from Dave Cormack and the club in recognition of his service to the club. The AGM also supported unanimously the appointment of American millionaire Tom Crotty and Atlanta United President Darren Eales to the board. We heard from Stuart and Dave following the AGM, and apologies in advance, that the questions being asked are a bit, are a bit quiet.
4: Yeah, um, obviously mixed feelings. It's it's the end of a, an era. A bit of sadness... Around that, uh, bit of relief relief the the burdens now on someone else's shoulders. But I also feel quite excited that the uh, the the club's about to enter into a new phase, and uh, I'm glad that I'm still going to be part of that. It's very difficult to pin down uh, an exact date at this point in time. I think you you heard both from Dave and me earlier on tonight. Delivering phase one has been a mammoth effort for the club, Uh, everyone within the club. And I think it's important we we give everyone a breather, we're able to step back and just take stock. I think there's going to be a big focus over the next couple of years with a have a fantastic facility out there. We've really got to make that work for the club. You know, our youth development, the, the past team, uh, the, the whole community and that is going to be, it's a new challenge for us. We have a facility there that the club's never had before so putting that to work and then there's a lot of work to be done in the background in terms of clearing the conditions for the, the stadium and then developing a compre- comprehensive uh, funding plan of how we're going to fund a new stadium. Uh, there's also the finalising of the design for the stadium, getting input from our fans, from our corporate support and all the rest of it because we we'll want to make sure that before we commit the final design we are going to be delivering against the expectations of our fans. No, I, I, I think perhaps today some of the 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 headlines maybe more than the content uh, portrayed. But I was saying that not not in the way it was intended. No, I think we should look at it very positive in what Rangers and Celtic bring to Scottish football. but they also bring a big challenge because they are so much bigger than every other other club in Scotland. And, and that's just the, the the reality of what we've got to, to live with. But I, I do feel at times, no, you know, uh, Scottish football has gone through a very, very challenging time over the last 15, 20 years. I think we could have taken more out of it than what we have. And uh, I've said on many occasions, uh, I, I think there was an opportunity to bring the two organisations together and create a completely new structure and new approaches to how we run uh, football in Scotland maybe that opportunity is is bypassed us. sure you mentioned about the stadium has there any sort of range what we obviously want to be able to deliver it as as soon as we possibly can, because you no, know, we, we, we've made it quite clear that uh, staying here is is costly. The 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 cost of maintaining Biodruid. We we also know that uh, it, it falls well short uh, uh, UEFA requirements in in, in certain aspects. Uh, we are reliant on... Dispensations from UEFA, if, if we did get through to the, the 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 group stages of the Europa competition going forward, would probably require even more dispensations from Europe. So the pressure remains on us to, to get that stadium delivered as soon as we possibly can. Having said that, we can't underestimate the scale of the task it's going to be to raise that whatever the final figure is but we know it's going to be somewhere in the forty to £50 million range and that is a lot lot of cash to, to, to raise In terms of raising that money does that depend on how
3: well the team does on the
4: pitch? Yeah the, 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 that's a massive bearing on everything that happens within the club I've said in numerous occasions that Derek had not delivered the consistent success that he has over the last six years. It would have been extremely difficult for us to be in a position by now when, having delivered the first phase, now having that fantastic facility at, at Cormac Park. These are decisions. that, you No, know, it's it's very difficult to come up with hypothetical answers. You no, know, both Derek and us as a board have always said that you no, know, we are a selling club. We'll always be a, a, a selling club. And if somebody comes in with an amazing bid, then we would for any player we would sit down with Derek and. And, and discuss it. But our aim is you no, know, uh, Derek has worked very hard to put a good squad together. Uh, the, the last thing we want to be contemplating is losing some of the cl- key players out of that squad.
1: Stuart, as you hand over the reins to, to Dave, how uh, satisfied are you that you give given Dave a really good platform, a strong platform to build on and take the club forward?
4: I think we, as, as a lot of people, have worked very hard over the last six, ten years to get the club into the position it's now in. I think we've got ourselves into a reasonably good place. Uh, the one thing I've learned about football is that n- never kid yous- yourself but you're in a great place because the the world in football can change just so so quickly. But, but I think we've, we've given ourselves a very good platform. Uh, I think we've got fairly clear plans uh, what we we'll want to see the next stages of development for the club being. And we've got a lot of very good people around the club that are going to help us deliver that next phase. And I think under Dave's leadership, with the platform we've got, what Derek's done in terms of developing real strength in the football operation, we add into the mix the... The new relationship with Atlanta United. Then, I I think we're in as good a position as any other club to go forward over the next period.
1: Just on the subject of bringing extra finance into the club, obviously one good way of doing that would be to have more TV money coming in. What, in your opinion, what more can be done? to get more TV money coming
4: into Scottish football? We've now tied up a deal with Sky, it's going to take us through to 2025. Uh, The the, the other main area that we've got to try and exploit as much as we can uh, in in the coming years is being more involved in Europe. And and hopefully this new competition, uh, it's due to come in in 21 will provide an opportunity where we, we can generate greater funds through Europe. Uh, congratulations. How are
1: you feeling that, uh, now you're officially hey. chairman?
4: Well, obviously,
5: um, you know, uh, from my perspective it really is an honour um, and a privilege to be chairman of the club. Um, we announced it um, obviously a few weeks ago, but it's not until you get in front of the shareholders and um, go through that process that it really dawns on you, but look for me, the club's been on a 116-year journey so far, and it's it's about all of us doing our bit. It's not but, but one individual person, because what we have to do is lay the foundations for the next hundred years, and we've started that clearly with the training facility, Cormac Park. Well, just to clarify where we're at, it is our goal, our only plan is to uh, go forward with building the stadium. The position we're in is that, as I've said before, is that we believe it will cost about $50 million to redevelop Petaudry, less capacity, uh, constrained from a footprint perspective, which will not allow us to grow our income too much. Moving to a custom-built class facility at Kingsford uh, will give us the ability to deliver, we think, about another $3 million a year of income, which is critical for us to continue to invest in the football operation. It's taken a lot out of the staff at Petaudry, never mind the fundraising to get phase one done, a lot out of the staff to deliver phase one. We're going to take the next 90 to 120 days to take a deep breath to look at our relationship with Atlanta to get some initiatives you want to get in place right now at Pottery with fan engagement and experience, and then follow through with the architects we're working with in London um, and with our fans on consultation. Once we get there, we'll have a better view as to whether this thing might be 40 million, 45 or 50 million. I don't want to put myself on the block to say this is going to be delivered by A, B, and C time. But be assured, we believe that the new stadium at Kingsford is the most sensible option. From an investment perspective, it's going to be impossible, I believe, for, for us to, to find investors to redevelop Pataudry at $50 million, even if it takes five years, versus, let's say we get $15 million for Pataudry, it, and it's $45 million total cost versus the net being $30 million. That's a much more kind of doable number. But we've got our work to do um, to work out what it is we want to be in terms of the stadium and the quality of the stadium, and we've got our work to do as well, uh, the modelling work we need to do on demand from corporates and fans, et cetera. Um, and at that stage, we'll look at, I'll look at the funding. Well, look, um, I think that every club, one way or the other, very few clubs out there are not selling clubs. I think what matters is that we've just spent $13 million investing in a youth academy, 750000 a year, additional income. What's the point in investing if that we can't build up a conveyor belt of young players that come through, and at the right time, when we want to do it, monetizing the value and bringing other players through? Right now, we're spending more money than we're bringing in, about a million a year. And we're doing that on the basis that we do that every year, right, at some stage we need to sell a player over a period of time that brings in income. The alternative is to break even and not sell players. Well, I mean, we've got, we've had no interest in any of those players that are kind of registered at all, and so... Uh, we don't need to sell players in January, and that, that's our position. But look, I mean, in some ways, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't on the basis that um, you know, people say don't sell a player, but then you know, there are windows of opportunity. So we don't need to sell a player in January. And that's the message that we will give. We want to keep our best players. But by the same token, if a ridiculous offer comes in for any player, we have to look at it like any sensible club would. Um,
3: Dave, just going back to the stadium, is it uh, to be to say that is just not an
5: option of Correct, yeah, I believe so, and I love Bataudry as well. I only played on it once, and I scored on the beach end in 1975 and the schools' got final. Love the place. But from our perspective, for the future, we have to move to, to Kingsford. Well, as I said earlier, it's important for us to work out what we want from there. What's the right stadium mix in terms of quality and corporates and so on and so forth? What do the fans want to see? We're going to get at that in about three or four months' time, and we'll probably take about six to nine months on that. That, that will allow us to work out, is it a 40 or a 50 million a year stadium? And from there, we'll look at the funding options that are there. But I would rather under-promise and over-deliver... Than, uh, than, than, than the alternative is as, as you can well imagine. But that's our goal to move. Just finally
3: from the um European politician uh mentioned the the
5: AGM, what's your thoughts on uh potential European competition? Well I think it's welcome. Because and the reason I think it's welcome is because um you know ten years ago when we qualified with Jimmy Calderwood we had one qualifying round. We got through the group stages and obviously played Bayern Munich. We have to go through four qualifying rounds. It's so hard for not just us, other teams to budget for how many rounds are you going to go through? We'd like to see more regular European football from the outset so that well, maybe it's just one qualifying round or it starts off with a group stage because you've got three European uh, leagues there and there's the opportunity the next year to move up to the next um level if 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 we perform well um, but for us to do that we also need to be relevant in europe and so people like Darren Niels, who's very well versed in the european club association across europe and um, the english premiership you know we need to get out there and talk to like-minded clubs not just hearts and hibs in scotland but other like-minded clubs in countries such as the scandinavian countries to say what is it that we would want out of this as opposed to us just kind of waiting and it's a to complete. The bigger clubs just decide. So we need to have these conversations because it's going to be important for us to be relevant. But I welcome a third competition, because won't we hear there'll be another 20, 30, 40 spots or places available to play, which in and of itself means less qualifying rounds.
1: Dave, to those out there who will be saying, OK, Dave Cromack's officially the new Aberdeen chairman, what difference will that make? What, what can you say to them?
5: Well, look, it's not just about me, it's about having a plan and a vision. And Stuart and I, Stuart, have been really good, good in encouraging me to kind of take the reins on these initiatives in the last two, three years before we did this. And so our goal is to continue to evolve. Uh, we've got an aspiration to be in a UEFA Top 100 club. That needs to, means you need to be in the group stages of the Europa League. It's an aspiration. It's never a guarantee. But it's really important that we can kind of strive towards that. And in order to do that, we've got to punch above our weight. What that means is, is that relationships like Atlanta, where we see polar collaboration, for example, um, and more regularly qualifying or, or continue to qualify for Europe and going further, will help us uh, increase uh, our turnover. So, um, so yeah, I think to be relevant going forward, I think, particularly for Europe, infrastructure is important and so this new stadium versus obviously what we have here I think is a critical piece to it but like I said earlier it's important that we keep our four there's no point in us being 10th in the league you know and having a shiny new stadium so it's kind of trying to get that balance of 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 what where our vision goes but you know we aim to be in a new stadium we aim to be Um, generating more revenue in that new stadium and having more supporters in that stadium. Every club that's moved stadiums, even those that have maybe not done a wonderful job about it, have increased uh, the capacity. There are things we can do today, even at Petauri, that we're gonna do on fan engagement and involvement and segmentation of fans so that we attract more people here, whether it be the primary school kids, whether it be the guys in their teens. You know, I kind of feel like we've lost a bit of a generation of the younger generation coming to Petaudri because the platform hasn't been there for them to, you know, enjoy themselves, let, let, let's say, or to express themselves. So you'll see us come out in the next two or three months with some plans for next season that's going to allow us to, I believe, improve and drive the fan engagement.
1: I, I guess one way of getting more kids to the game would be to give away large amounts of uh, tickets to local school kids, maybe
5: a couple of thousand or whatever. Is that something that you would Well, well today, we, we, today we actually have about 500 tickets go out to underprivileged through various charities in Aberdeen. So we're already kind of doing that. But look, we have a vision of making every primary school kid in Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire a member of Aberdeen Football Club. We'll probably drive that through the trust, the community trust, because they are in these schools all day, every day, delivering programs. And out of that will come opportunities for people to get vouchers, to go to games and, you know, they'll bring their dads, et cetera. But we, we, we need to try different things. The, the thing for me is, is that I learned in the States at 25 years of working in the States is that they'll give you ten reasons why something can be done. Not everything's going to work, but we need to try some, some, some things that are there. I'd rather have the stadium full with the same income that we're getting today than 14,000 people coming in that income. And so there's a number of ways of doing that. But I, I've also found out over time that just giving away 2,000 free tickets, people don't necessarily see the value to that. But we'll look at these initiative of these programs. Yeah.
1: Um, you spoke to me earlier about uh, ways of increasing the atmosphere, if you are bettering the atmosphere. Are you any further forward, forward with ideas for that?
5: Yeah, I I think I want to hold off on coming through with that because we've got to validate some things, but we made some really significant progress in the three weeks I've been here, and we've taken some input from some of the fan groups as well. Um, So I think things like a slightly more relaxed um, um, stewarding approach and more empathetic stewarding approach is something that we've already tried to address with the stewards. And so, um, but give us give us another month or two to get our ducks lined up on that.
1: And just on the subject of it's been mentioned already, the likes of McKenna and Cosgrove, um, how, how hard can you and will you fight to, to keep star assets like that at the club in
5: January? Well, we don't need to sell these players in January. And so there are assets, right? But at the same token as well, there's a whole raft of things that go around players and the timing of players moving as well and their motivation for moving on but we don't need to sell it and we haven't had any we have no offers, there's no approaches the January window might be tough from the English Championship standpoint as well because of financial fair play but we don't need to sell the players, that's going to be a conversation that we have, Stuart and I and others have with Derek over the next few weeks related to what he wants to do yeah,
1: Derek is- Said recently, he's had conversations with yourself about uh, possible spending uh, budgets in, in in January. What can you say to the fans about what you can give, Derek, to strengthen the squad in the new year?
0: We've,
5: yeah, we've um, we've got um, we've got the budget for the year and that we've announced we're spending $9.2 million this year, which is $1.5 million up on just over a year ago. And so uh, we need to go through that as we do, player by player, uh, do an assessment of that, and, and, and assess what Derek wants to bring in. He's got some targets that are there, um, but we need to take a look overall at the squad, and we, we haven't gone there yet. But we don't need to sell Scott, or we don't need to sell Sam,
0: in the window okay just rounding off the news there's no stopping the dons under 18s after they ran out 5-1 winners against inverness cali thistle at cormac park on friday in the club academy scotland 18s league (coughs) doubles from ryan Duncan and michael dangana along with a penalty from skipper connor barons making it his 10th goal of the season helping the dons under 18s to a comfortable win against cali thistle Tickets for our Boxing Day match against Livingston at Potaudry are also on sale. But you're too late if you're wanting to go to the Hearts match at Tynecastle on the 29th of December. All the tickets are sold out. You can order your tickets for the Boxing Day game on afc.co.uk forward slash e-tickets from the Potaudry ticket office or by calling 224 63 1903. And just before I go, on our show on next Tuesday, on Christmas Eve and on Hogmanay, you can send a Christmas or New Year message to fellow dandies around the world. Just email your message to afcdonscast at invernessreds.co.uk. That's afcdonscast at invernessreds.co.uk, including your name and location. And we'll play out your message on the Donscast next week or on Hogmanay that's how it stands this week you can join us for more don's news on christmas eve with the reaction from the celtic match and as always we'll have live score updates from the match on saturday on our social media at inverness reds i've been gray Mackay and you've been listening to the afc Don'scast. till next week stand free That's all for this week. More Aberdeen news next Tuesday evening from 8.